episode 175, Freeform Jazz, the podcast. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so magnificent. It, it's a, it, uh, I put the what can I say about this episode that hasn't already been said about Afghanistan? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. It's a weird one, folks. We do everything backwards. Hey, it's the tone control. That's what you all wanted. Yeah. Hang on, Davis Squade isn't ready yet. <laughs> Everybody hurry up and wait for Davis Squade. Davis Squade. It sounds like a, All right. like a sports person, right? <laughs> a sportser uh, of a, one a kind a or another? No, it, sounds like, it sounds like an English uh, cricketer. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Up, Davis Squade. Yeah. <laughs> what an inauspicious start to the show. Well, hey... Uh, hey everyone! It's a tone control. It's to to this this is a tone control that's being introed in a typically smooth and professional fashion <laughs> by a, a a guy who's just he's old hat at podcasting. A guy who, he hardly even notices when he's doing guy, it. Right? <laughs> I'm always podcasting. That's the thing. I'm, I mean, I'm, <laughs> that's my secret. I'm always angry. <laughs> Uh, the eagle, eagle-eared listeners might hear my dogs in the background because one of them is being a complete brat about the fact that uh, his her, her mom isn't home tonight, so she can't be inside on the couch. She has to be out here with me, and apparently that sucks. Hmm. So, too bad, dog. You're a dog. If they can hear your dogs, they might be able to hear what's probably a mouse in between my walls. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. So that's a whole thing I got to deal with. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, other uh, um, finely tuned listeners might also notice that there's a third voice tonight. <laughs> what? No. Um, uh, <gasps> uh, Sean, thank you for joining yes. us. Sean from Lollygagger FX is here. The man himself. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, gentlemen. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. good. Very, very, very good. <sighs> I'm glad you were able to uh, to join us this time. I know we've been talking about having you on the show for like a billion years. And well, dude, yeah. you guys got you guys are busy. I'm busy, and we just got to be not busy today. So, yeah, works out. Yeah, um, episode 175, and it's been a weird week. Um, I had had yesterday off because of Veterans Day, so it simultaneously felt like Saturday and Sunday, depending on when you asked me. And mm-hmm. now it's like it's kind of like Monday, Thursday. Today, oh, right? God. <laughs> so it's like because I was back. To I work felt and, like it was Friday, Thursday. Um, right, because it's regular Thursday, of course, because tomorrow is in fact Friday. But yeah. uh, tomorrow's going to be Tuesday, Friday. <laughs> so like I'm all messed up. 
So I, I got to admit, I'm very confused I, having heard about this just now. All of all of this is to say that I did not write down any real interview questions for Sean. Because <laughs> I was all, all kinds of messed up. Dude, that's my life off the cuff, so we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. I, right, I did send you right. both like what we might be talking about later, and I thought it would be good for conversation. I, they, but They were very, very good. Yeah. I really liked talking <laughs> about the... Uh, the movie, and then how you were talking about how you thought, um, you know, talk about whether uh, saturation is an issue with the market and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And just just to let you know, real quick, I I I'm pretty much holds no holds barred. Okay. So, I uh, you know I'm pretty honest about stuff. So so you, you may or may We've not notice that <laughs> <laughs> the chat coming to life. Um, no, that's fine. Um, actually, that kind of reminds me. First and foremost, I just want to mention. Um, I, I filled out some some form online to possibly become a freelance writer for twenty thousand hertz. Oh and, no! Shit. Uh, yeah, I listened um, to that. It's the best, isn't it? It's just the best. Oh my god, I know them. <laughs> so it's it's, no, like it's, such, it's a really really cool uh, podcast. It's, it's very very good, and I was listening to one about. Uh, the, I think it's the most recent one. They were talking about hearing and hearing loss, yep. and um, that is the next to most recent one. Is it okay? It's a great episode. And right at the beginning of that, they talked. They they mentioned, oh, we're setting up the 2021 season. If anyone wants to kind of freelance write an episode or two, let us know. So I let them know, yeah. saying like, I do a podcast. I play guitar. Music's important to me. Sounds important to me. Uh, and I'm also a graduate student for writing. So, like, <laughs> let's see if we can figure this out. Um, there's a big thing online to fill out. Anybody can go do it. It's it's a it's a cool thing. So, I uh, they they ask in that form if you will have a a pitch for an episode, which I do, and I'm, I kind of wanted to mention it here. But I think first we should say thanks to Pedal Genie for sponsoring the Tone Control. Absolutely, we could. Thanks to Pedal Genie for sponsoring the Tone Control. Visit pedalgenie.com and start your wish list today. Awesome. Blamo. Blamo. So the thing that do we want to talk about this now? Would that make sense? The th- the, the this this thing, I think it might just move into conversation about what else we were going to talk about. So Yeah, we could. Okay. We could. So, it's gonna be a free form episode. Oh, we're just it's like slam poetry the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's just freeform jazz, the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I hate this so much. So <laughs> the thing that I've been really interested in since starting to record my own music and stuff has been the fa- the the space of getting sounds, like like that time that you are just getting sounds and picking out gear, picking out guitars and amps and pedals and stuff like that. Um, that part of recording and making music seems... It's important, but I think only other musicians care about that. And I'm always and sometimes not even and sometimes them. <laughs> not even them. But I'm always really interested in how music is is for everyone, but only other musicians notice a lot of what's going on in music, um, especially things like yeah. kick drum sounds or bass drums or, or uh, bass guitar sounds or whatever. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to an album and said to Beth, said to Beth like that guitar tone is righteous or like get a load of that snare. And she looks at me like I'm a crazy yeah. person, you know, <laughs> and she like, she, yeah. she doesn't know. And I wouldn't expect her to, but I think yeah. it's really, I, I love that detail. And I think those are questions worth talking about. And I thought it might make for a cool episode of a podcast like 20 K. Oh, I think it would I be. I have. Absolutely. I have had a lot of similar experiences too, where it's like listening to a song 
with the wife. Oh my God, my dog is going nuts. Anyway, listening to us, this, so, can you guys hear that? A little bit. Not, not very, but yeah. Okay. All right. It's not a big deal. Okay. Um, listening to a song with, with my wife or whatever, and, you know, I'm like focused on it and mm-hmm. she realizes that I'm not conversing with her anymore. And it's like, what are you, what, what's going on with you? And I was like, I was just listening to that snare drum. <laughs> and yeah. it every single time, like without fail, it has not crossed her mind that the snare yeah. drum is something that you could even listen to. Like, or that's have an not, opinion And then about. I pointed out and she's like, yeah. And then I pointed out and she's like, oh, I guess I didn't really know. Like she didn't think about the fact that there was a snare drum in there, you know? I think like. Like for her, she's probably really hearing kind of the main melody and the lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's probably. You know. And I mean, she is a musician. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. She's that's not, an interesting uh, point. Uh, you know. She plays some some piano, mostly a singer, but like she still doesn't like dissect a song like mm-hmm. that. You know, I think that's you know? I think that's more of a contemporary type music thing with people listening. If you hmm. talk to people who are into classical music, hmm. they tend to be very not all of them obviously, but they tend to be a little bit more in depth on what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of guys who can tell you hmm. which symphony is playing a Bach piece. Because mm, they can that's tell, interesting. you know, but like, uh, you know, pop rock, I would even say jazz, maybe, um, there's obviously people that are musicians or are close to or around musicians that, that are into that, but they're into are, that level of detail. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I, but it seems like to me in anything that's, uh, you know, opera, classical music, the older musical styles there tends to be, I don't know if it's, I wouldn't even say maybe it's a, 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 a type of, you know, like rich people, poor people or anything. Mm-hmm. I just, there's people that have an educational aspect that, that afforded them either by parents or growing up to be really involved with that. And they take the lessons that they've heard from other people and stuff. It's like uh, wine. You know, it's like I, I drink a bottle of wine. I couldn't tell you if it was fifty bucks or five bucks. You know, <laughs> but there, yeah, are, there I, are people that can. Yeah, and I, I well, think all different kinds of music are cultural differences, right? Like it's like you, w- the the kind of stuff that you're gonna gravitate toward is gonna be guided a lot, and 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 the sort of stuff that you were interested in coming up and stuff like that is gonna differ right like if it's if it's a kind of a classical music background it isn't necessarily like what generation you were from mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. even necessarily like what kind of like um income class or something like that although i imagine that has some effect on it probably but yeah. like it's other things too because it's it's it, you know the same would count for like the difference between hip hop and like rock music mm-hmm. and stuff like that I think yeah. it's just really interesting to think about from a musician's perspective and a, a, exclusively a non-musician's perspective that so I was just thinking about this this pitch basically for a possible episode of like our whole world, our whole guitarist world in this podcast's whole shtick like really relies on people focusing on that little those little details that not a lot of people notice not not most listeners mm-hmm. on the radio will notice um and things like all of the lore surrounding the clon right like that is the ultimate or, yeah. or vintage tube screamers or take your pick all of that stuff is like for other guitarists it feels like and i'm sure 
I'm sure there's those things for drummers and pianos and uh, bass players and, and all the way down the line. Um, I just find it really interesting that I, it makes me wonder if I said, I asked Beth the other day, do I, do you think I'm able to enjoy or, you know, air quotes, able to enjoy music on a higher level air quotes, like on, on this level, because <laughs> I can focus on something like a snare drum um, or does it constantly like, kind of ruin my listening experience because it's all I can listen to and all I can think of is like, wow, I wonder why they recorded it this way. And it's the first thing I would think of. Well, (laughs) would you think it was more related to maybe newer music you're hearing where you tend to be more like that Mm -hmm. as opposed to albums you heard 20 years ago that you have already got them burnt into your brain so you don't maybe put as much thought into it? Could be. Um, yeah, I, I haven't really thought about this too much and, and beyond like what what is the thing, right? Does anyone any non-musician, there is no chance in hell that my mom has ever thought those hi-hats sound great. <laughs> right? Or like well, you, like, you know yeah. the opposite is true too. I mean, like a good mm-hmm. example. I like the misfits. Okay. Anybody who's a musician will say that is the most horrible sounding recordings <laughs> sounding <known> man <laughs> but but they are they're really horrible but if you can get past that and you can listen to the melodies <laughs> and stuff you 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 know you can go it's you got to go to that extra level whereas and there's people that don't play music who are like oh i love that band and and if you're maybe not open to it you would go why would you like that it's horrible it's out of key the drumming's out of pace Yet mm. people listen, you know, so yeah. it, it can go <laughs> kind of both ways in that too. You, you can, know? and I think you might be able to go that direction with it because of the other aspects of that music that translate to people, right? It's the energy mm-hmm. or the the lyrics or like the message or whatever it is, like that can really resonate with people in a different way. Um, I'm not saying music is for o- only for other musicians. I just think there's this other oh, kind of un- this underworld of things that like the vast majority of music listeners are not musicians, I think. And oh, yeah. there's so much more to it than I think most people take for granted that, that most people know about, which is kind of what 20K is about and shows like mm-hmm. that are about is shedding light on these things that are, you know, not not noticeable most of the time. Well, top so 40 you, music will tell you that right alone. Because, I yeah, mean, if, so, if musicians, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, the studio time that I spend, like, okay, we're going with this amp because we've decided on this amp. Great. Now let's try 12 different guitars. And sonically, <laughs> right, it's in the end, it's that question of whether or not it matters. And it's kind of the fun of doing it. And those, like, little intricacies of the the difference in sound uh, like does who cares about that really and like does it matter to the finished product of the pop song does it matter to the finished product of a rock song like where is where is it <laughs> the chat is very distracting to me justin <laughs> participating in the chat <laughs> but it's do, do you know what i mean like it's um I, I, there's plenty of times that I can think of where I have like ruined a song for myself because I started paying attention to those details. Mm. And there's there's equally as many or perhaps even more where I specifically started paying attention to those details because I really liked the sound of something and wanted to study it so that I could try to like emulate that on my next mix or something, mm-hmm. you know? But sometimes like 
I noticed something that I didn't notice before. Or uh, actually, you know, this comes up a lot when I dig out something that I know I used to love. Mm, some totally. old music that I loved as a kid. And then I dig it out and it's like, there's this like deficiency mm-hmm. in, in what in what I'm used to hearing music sound like now and, and I can't unhear it. And sometimes it's tuning and tempo and stuff like that. Like there's some things where it's like, oh man, I didn't notice how out of tune this is. And yeah. and music, as it's as we've gone through the decades, pitch and tempos have gotten more precise and the listeners expect that now. And I, mm-hmm. I say that to people because there's, there's plenty of people who are like, you know, proud that they don't want to use the auto-tune and stuff. And I have to kind of say like, we, You're gonna you want know, it, like yeah. It's there's there are times when I when I'm uh, I'm thinking about whether you know whether and how I'm gonna have to say to this person like I think you actually need a different mixer for this mm-hmm. because I am gonna insist that you actually sound competitive in a modern music market and that's not like that's not a diss to old music it's not a diss to the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. because they you know varied their tempo all, all like crazy but if you do that nowadays you'll sound like hacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your pitch isn't perfect, you'll sound like hacks. Mm-hmm. And because people don't you, have patience you, for that kind of thing. Well, it, it depends. Their on ears are trained. Yeah. Their ears are trained where they weren't before. Exactly. Like indie, indie rock would be a good example of something where you can kind of get away with that. I mean, no one listens to The Strokes because you know he's a great singer. <laughs> but they got better. Like that's the thing. Like the first Strokes album, yeah, the pitch is iffy. And it was kind of stylistic. Yeah. But and and I, I feel that way about the killers too. Yeah. yeah. And then and then like it gets better and they're not gonna go backwards, you know. They're not gonna they like shouldn't. they shouldn't go back to becoming sloppier singers. Yeah. You know? Um Cold War. Um, kids, and it would stand out if thing. they did. Yeah. Um it's <sighs> another aspect of it is like how records can sound different from one another. That is a thing that is still often mind-blowing to me is like when I listen to a record, I know I really know upside down and backwards. Yeah. And then I put on something else and it's like, God, this is so different. It sounds, I can't always place what it is. <laughs> it's the loudness. It's yeah. like just the overall EQ. It's like, it takes up such a different space for me. And it's, I, mm. I don't know if even like average listeners probably cannot would not ever be in a position to know that different records have an overall different sound. It's not just recorded well, maybe, music. Like, yeah, maybe not in this day and age. Um, but like, if you listen to albums from the eighties, you can really tell, and and it happens today. But you can really tell producers on albums. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and, like so and so did that record. Yeah, their fingerprint. Yeah, you could definitely tell. Like, you know, uh, you know, the eighties uh, rock and hair metal. I mean, you can tell who had their fingers on it, and a lot of it was like, okay, there's a shit ton of reverb here, so you know it's yeah this guy, right. you know. <laughs> I think that only goes as far as if you bother to find find those names, though. Like that is another layer of all of this. That yeah. like, who made that record that you love? Do non musician average people? non-musically inclined people care about that. Do they yeah, even know it's a thing? Right. And I, I sound so condescending and I'm like, I, I don't mean to be like elite or, or anything not. about You're it, not. but it's like, it's so fascinating to me about how I listen to music being different than not only just any other human, but like other yeah. guitarists, other, I like lyrics are not very important to me right out of the gate. I've said that They're for not. years and I just, I don't hear and them. And you're very unusual in that compared to most I listeners know. of music, I know. musicians or other. Yeah, I, I could I don't, really care less about lyrics. I mean, I, I don't, hear the them at first. Yeah. 
I, I hear overall melody and harmony and stuff like that's all very important to me. If like the hook Chorus. friggin' slams, it doesn't really matter what they're saying at first glance, right? First time I'm hearing a thing, it's just all sonic goodness. Like I want to hear what it's all doing together. And then upon subsequent listening, it's like, oh, so what's he actually saying here? It, it might take me months to get there. But hey, OG just said a really cool thing about sending a musician and a non-musician together and have them mm. listen to a song and see what each one of them takes out of it, you know? That's, yeah, that's, I've thought a lot about doing things like listening parties before the yeah. world was shut down, but like having some friends over and like, okay, everybody bring like two songs and I just want to listen to them, no interruptions, and we're going to talk about them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what, what are we going to talk about? The songwriting or the recording or the guitar tone? I don't know. And that's, I love oh. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, I think that'd be a that would really be a big cool part of this episode you're talking about writing. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm also curious. Like when I think of kick drums, that's always the thing that comes to mind for some reason. Like kick and snare drums. Like when you have a really good one, it's so great. It really stands out as this like juicy part of a song that you can really grab onto. Um, Manchester Orchestra's album is it Simple Math? Uh, the song Apprehension has an amazing kick drum sound right in the beginning. It, just the intro of the song is a few bars of drums, and the kit sounds wild. It is so big and in your face, and but like you can still hear the pitch of the kick drum. It's great. Mm-hmm. Every time it comes on, I'm like, God, this, this drum set sounds so good. And I don't think anyone else knows or cares. <laughs> and I don't know, like, <laughs> probably not, <laughs> right? I, I don't know if, like, does that does that make it worse for me somehow, or does it make it like, does it bother me that it could be better for other people? <laughs> Do you know the secret, or are you annoyed that you can't share the secret? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's both. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's kind of what I, I just wanted to mention. Um, I, they have not contacted me. I don't know if I'm going to be a writer or not. And if I do, I think it's just freelance kind of, I, I have no idea what it would look like. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, you know what? I have this idea. So far they, yeah. so far they haven't consulted me on any of the writers <laughs> as far as who they're choosing. So yeah. Yeah. I don't have any info yeah, for yeah, you there. in your podcast circles. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying I I've had I've I haven't heard anything from them about okay. you know who they might be picking. I um, um they haven't asked me and they haven't told me. So. And, and I, real quick, do you ever get those sounds, Derek? What do you mean get those sounds? When they, I knew the one that was from Zelda a few weeks ago. Oh, like, I, 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 I oh and I knew the mummy one. So oh the mystery sound. I thought yeah, I yeah. had one locked in and I was wrong. I, it was oh, one, yeah. I thought for sure it was the sound of a subway uh, going through, like like way down track in a subway tunnel. But it turns out yeah. it was a brick being thrown down an ice chute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When they drill the yeah. ice. Yeah. Um, there there was one, um, well, there were two that I knew, both, both of which I was listening to way too many days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, days later after the episode yeah. came out, you know. But the the one where they um, they simulated the vocal chamber of that mummy mm-hmm. was it was a couple of months ago and it kind of goes huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny huh. I was like this is the voice of this old pharaoh like huh. anyway so uh, that one I was like oh I knew it but I was listening to it like on Saturday oh, the episode yeah. came out on like Monday or Tuesday and then the other one was it was like from um, it was the Zelda one recently. 
the Zelda from it was one of the flutes. I yeah. can't not Ocarina of Time, but the the other one, the flute from A Link to the Past or mm-hmm. something. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I don't always listen to them right when they come out or even the week they come out. But um, yeah, some of them I'm like yeah. I, I think I need to hear it more than twice. I'm going to go back and listen, and then I do, and I, <laughs> I like play it a couple of times, and I'm like immediately after it ends, I'm like, ooh, I got it, and I go and listen back. Nope, not it. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I gave up. I just gave up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're really fun. So anyway, I guess I'll let you guys know if that ends up happening. It'd be really fun, I think. I, I, it's yeah. such an interesting yeah. idea to me. Um, and I said to Beth a few days ago, if I picked up all of my guitars and played them back to back, you could tell there is a difference. People, any listener could tell mm-hmm. there is, they sound different. Back to back. Yeah. But whether or not they can articulate what that difference is, Maybe, maybe not. They could probably say like this one sounds. I think it would be fabulous to hear. You know, I, I, yeah. oh, sorry. I was. I think it would be fabulous to hear them try to describe that. Like, because mm. I know how I would describe it, and I bet like a non-guitar player would be hearing the difference between a Strat and a Les Paul. What would they say? You know, mm-hmm. I have no idea. No idea. It's it's so. I love that stuff, and that, like I said, that is what is so driving for this whole industry is that little detail. Yeah. Yep, yep. And so, playing mice, I don't even have to hear the difference. You know, it's like you're going to play a Les Paul way differently than you're going to play a Fender. Mm-hmm. So if somebody starts playing some kind of a riff, I'm like, yeah, that's a Fender riff. So I'm pretty much going to guess, even if they did some kind of disguise on the tone, I'm going to say, yeah, that's a Fender. Or that's a you know, three pickup. That's another guitar. interesting thing. Yeah, right. Because of things like scale length that kind of inform your playing. Yeah. And how the yeah. guitar feels under your pick and under your fingers and stuff. Yeah, I hadn't thought that far, but yeah. Yeah, there's lots I mean, of cool things right. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, so i i want to so i want to get I want to get to the lollygagger. I want to eh. Sean Sean. Mm-hmm. First question. Yes. For, well, sh- welcome to the show. First question. When? Long time, first time. And how? <laughs> long time, first. When and how did you become a vegan Satanist? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, uh, sometimes when you drink with friends you make <laughs> and you're screwed. All right. So we were, we were discussing before we started, Sean said that he didn't want to spend the whole episode talking about himself. And he said, you know, it's awkward, right? You're getting interviewed and they're asking you this, that, oh, and the other thing. When did you thing. start playing when guitar? You, like, when did you start playing, that, bi- yeah. when did you start <laughs> building pedals? When did you become a vegan Satanist? And I was like, well, scratch that question off my questions list mm-hmm. but i didn't i defied <laughs> you anyway let's let's get real sean friend of the show okay. supporter of the show yeah what's what's the story yes. man what's going on with you it, you know that's um, a great interview question <laughs> <laughs> what's up i'm doing great work here what the hell is up man way. what is up with you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like, is he insulting yeah. me or not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it, I actually went to school for this shit. I mean, honestly, I got to watch. Oh yeah. Mouth. Um, no, yeah, it, I actually went to school for this stuff. Um, <laughs> so I had a background in electronics anyway, and it was more geared toward music. And I just did a lot of gigs where I was either uh, doing repairs or I worked for a couple amplifier companies back in the day. 
And you, you can't make money doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, I take. that's why there's a lot of single techs out there. Oh, man. That, you know, <laughs> that live on people's couches. And, you know, like, I love what I do. As long as I can eat my mac and cheese, I'm good. <laughs> no. Vamp sounds great, but I'm broke. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Well, and I had a, I had a baby, and then it was like, okay, well, no more playing around with this. And then I just went into let, industrial electronics. I was lucky enough to get in, nice. and uh, yeah. and I've I've always done one of the cool things is when you have a real job, anything you take on on yourself, I can say, well, I, I, yeah, I don't want to work on that. I don't want. I mean, I've mm-hmm. I've done my hell yeah. time with PVs and crates. And that kind of crap, you know, someone brings in a 65, you know, Fender Reaver. Uh, yeah, I'll work on that. That's fun. Yeah. But uh, I just got to the point where I was never a big pedal guy. I mean, I was uh, with certain things. Even to this day, I'm not really a um, reverb or modulation dude. Mm-hmm. So it came to the point where it's like, well, I want to build some things for myself and just like everybody else, some dude hears it. He wants one. (laughs) And even then it was like, I would just do one-offs, you know, it was like, but uh, I'm getting a vibe that this job would be great if it weren't for all the f***ing customers. (laughs) Actually the the customers that I've I've been privileged to deal with are, they're really super cool. You will get people that will email you. And they will tell you how to do your job. And, and those people, you just say, I'm not interested in, you hang up or you delete the email. Yeah. When they email yeah. you again, then you're allowed to say, go f- yourself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that. like they emailed you because they wanted you, what, what it is you're doing and then telling you that. And then start to well, say, well, except except do it this way. About. Like, they don't even want what I'm doing. They're going to say, hey, I saw this dude on a video and he oh, had this please. sound and he made, <laughs> he had this pedal. And I was thinking if I took this pedal, but put in these outputs and stuck this other pedal in it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No. Or, or I'll say, yes, I could do that for you. Thousand dollars. And that'd make be it worth my while. Yeah. Yeah. I think it worth my while. But, you know, and then uh, I kind of just decided I wanted to, Teching is really hard in terms of you just, just, you know, musicians, this is weird. Um, they don't like to pay their bills. Um, you don't say. Generally because they're all broke. <laughs> so right. when you're I bet they wouldn't mind so much it, if they had a lot of extra money. Yeah, I don't think it's a like problem yeah. as much as it is an unable problem. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I got your amp, it's fixed. Oh, how much? Well, it's going to be 250 Oh, dude, I don't have the money. I got a gig Friday. Yeah, okay. Uh, sounds like you could use an amp. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you better sell blood or something, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I got tired of that. So, But I still wanted to keep doing, in my day gig, um, I work in a, doing a high-tech uh, instrument measurement using, uh, um, you know, uh, RF, radio frequency stuff. So oh, I work cool. with a lot okay. of SMD stuff. So I, I I love electronics. It's my thing. I love doing it. But I didn't want to take that home. So mm-hmm. the idea of doing the Canalia was kind of like, I, you know, my grandfather was an EE. And he used to do really cool things. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it in this way. And it was more of a passion, you know, labor or love type thing. 
Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just, mm-hmm. just, and the one thing was just like uh, a, a guy that I knew who, uh, you know, really cool dude said, hey, you should put your stuff in wooden boxes. And I said, you should come up with the idea. So I might want to do it. <laughs> so okay, that, that's a good question. A good segue for my question that I've been wondering since we started talking was the wooden box and to see petals in unique enclosures. Like they're they're kind of all over the place, but um, the box, the entire box is wood. Is that right? Yeah, the the whole entire box is wood. Is there like um, an internal pedal fr- like chassis frame or anything that's like no, no, it's geez. wood. And oh it, man, that's awesome. Well, the only thing we the only thing we use is we use hard rock maple. Mm-hmm. We use and with our standards, we use hickory. So and all our stuff, it, you know, it's seen seed, and it's yeah. like there's a video somewhere. Everyone asked me about this where I run over it with my car. Um, <laughs> I got tired of people telling me. You know, that's wood. I'm going to step on it and break it. And I'm like, well, yeah, you may, but here, watch Your house video. is made of wood. You step on that crap all the time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but also, uh, like, I mean, I, I have plenty of pedals, and I've never, like, I guess luckily, never broken one so much. So, like, if you're stepping on a pedal that is, even if it's wood, if you're stepping on it hard enough to break it, like, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> who, do you, who do you think you are, Jack yeah, White? Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it, you know, I call I call you know Jack Jack uh, boot thugs. It's like, hey, dude, it, <laughs> yeah. if you're trying to break this thing, and you can tell when something. I've only had one pedal come in once, and that was because a switch busted through, not through the wood, through the chassis of the switch busted through. <laughs> so I, so the like, switch I took, broke before the wood. Dude, hit. I took a picture of it, and I, god dang, I lost it, and I <laughs> wanted to put it up on my site one day. But you know, I wanted to yeah, something. Well, that's a that, great point. Is that like the the switch is going to fail before the case will? Like, come well, on. yeah. I mean, the 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 thing about the pots and the, and the switches is they're I have them in a cavity, so the mm-hmm. actual frame of the box is like it's like an inch thick. And one yeah. of the things that I get that's kind of a a uh, kind of annoying is like, well, it's really big. Well, it's like, yeah, it, it is a little bit bigger than some pedals, but I. I have to offset that. It's like because for it's yeah for the strength and but it's you know it's funny it's not any bigger it's almost uh, the size of a fifteen ninety B which is basically any box that has two switches and mm-hmm. you know three knobs up right. Top. It, it's taller. They look pretty typically sized to me. Yeah, it's taller than those, but the footprint itself it's it's not that much bigger. But I wanted to kind of do yeah. old school. It's like. People like I love guitars in terms of I love the way they look and like I got a couple strats I got you know a sunburst and then I got spank and then I got my Charvel I just I love the different kind it's like you know let's do something cool it's you know it's I love wood- it when when pedal manufacturers make different variants on their pedals it's such a fun way to like keep up to the interest in the product line and like being able to get these exotic woods or these like beautiful flame maples and stuff and do these different kinds of finishes. It's just like finishing a guitar in a great color. You know, it's like how many, it's like PRS has all those amazing quilt tops and flame tops. They're they're still custom 22s and 24s. Like they're still the same guitar, but they all Mm -hmm. look so awesome because of these, these materials. So I think it's a great approach. Well, in the pedal market now, it's kind of, um, well, hey, I mean, Kyle's on here once in a while. Uh, 
from the Tone Jerks, I mean, mm-hmm. he will, he collects. Yeah. He'll say, I already have this pedal, but I want it in white or pink. Or there's a lot right. of people that actually will collect things. So, like, it's, it's guys like, you know, Lawrence, uh, Keeley's doing it now. EQD sometimes does it where they're doing mm-hmm. all these different type of things because people like one-offs and something special. So that was kind of my thought about doing just the wood thing, but doing the finishing is like, I can make something that is just yours that no one yeah. else will have. And, and that makes it onto them is that this is my pedal. No one has this in the entire world. You know, there might be things that are kind of close to it, yeah. but because I did, you know, we, and we do everything other than the CNC with the wood, everything else is hand. So, yeah. uh, you know, finishing mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it was just the idea. And then it was one of those things where, man, we had a battle. I swear, guys, like three years, I'd get emails about, well, it's going to make noise. No, what, it's not going to make noise what, because, like, because I of the... thought of that. RF, oh. because it's in a wooden box. Because, oh, because it isn't shielded. Because, oh, yeah. It, well, yeah, people thought that because, I mean, the Canalia almost has like 25 dB of gain on it. So <laughs> you, you have that thing turned up. It's going to, you're going to pick up Tokyo if you didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. So we came up with that idea and, and that's taken care of. And then there's things like people like, well, you know, if I, I'm in a bar after two years, I'm like, Yes, but do you throw your guitar away when it gets beat up at the bar gig? Mm. No, matter of fact, yeah. you're like, damn, this thing looks cool now. Oh, dude, you know? my, um, I have that EHX small clone. <laughs> you have them built that way. <laughs> yeah. I have my EHX small clone that I got brand new in, God, I must have been like, I don't know, 14. Um, it looks like shit now because they just use... It's a thin metal case. They use really cheap. It's like the cheapest decal. The cheapest. I think it's screen print. And you can legit scratch it off with your fingernail. Like It's really not put on there very well. Yeah. But it looks killer now. It is like an actual relic piece of gear I own. <laughs> Speaking of a pedal that wouldn't survive being run over by a car because the thin gauge aluminum they yeah. use on, on yeah. those, those, that thing would cave right in. Totally. Yeah. Like any, any of those, that era EHX. Like the Big Muff, forget it. I think it'd be a pancake. <laughs> but you know what? Every, every big bus should get ran over anyway. So, I mean, yeah. Spicy takes left and right. <laughs> just, just my opinion. Um, but, you know, it, it, and like I think you had said, Derek, when you were talking about the whole concept of the new pedal movie being out and mm-hmm. is is the pedal market saturated? And there's there's kind of a couple answers for that. One it is kind of, and then you do have to do a couple things to get noticed. And one of the things we decided to do, because we are really small, is we did do the wood thing. We did it because we enjoyed it, but yeah. we also did do it. I mean, it was calculated that people would pay attention. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff that we're going to do in the future um, will probably not be wood. It will still look mm-hmm. very cool and different, but it won't. It, you know, you got to get noticed to get out the door. Right. And, I, I, I think that makes sense. And I think that pedal is very eye-catching, or the, both of them. They're, they're the wood. You just don't see that kind of gear made out of nice quality, high-quality wood. So um, 
let's like skip ahead a little bit. You mentioned the pedal movie. I want to talk about the pedal movie and we can just move into that part of the conversation. Reverb.com is making a feature length documentary film about guitar pedals, which I think is super cool. I'm going to devour it probably a few times. Um, It is, it's just like a, a feature documentary about the people who make guitar pedals, the people who play guitar pedals, the whole history of the industry, all that kind of stuff. Because the the history of electric guitar, of course, is very traceable. The history of effects pedals is probably even more traceable because it's so recent, all of this stuff. And perhaps less talked about, at least so far. I think so, yeah. It's it's a thing that sits on the floor and yeah, doesn't get a lot of eyes on it, really. Yeah, if you're um, talking mass market, you're you're talking mid-70s. Right. You know, really, so, honestly. Yeah. With this, Chase Bliss Audio and Zvix, uh, Zvex have paired up for a, like a super tricked out version of the Fuzz Factory. EQD and mm-hmm. Death by Audio have teamed up for the Time Shadows, which is a subharmonic multi-delay resonator, mm-hmm. whatever that means. And both of those are limited to 1,000 <laughs> units. So they sound really cool. Both of them have also sold out already, so I don't know why I'm telling you this. But it got me thinking, like, what is the deal with the pedal market now? Like, where is where else is there to go with guitar pedals? Because I feel like sometimes you just see stuff that's a, a reinterpretation of a famous thing. Like, there's a million Tube Screamers, there's a million Clons, there's a million Big Muffs. Like, all of these famous pedal sounds are kind of being, you know, massaged and worked over. Or they're pairing up classic sounds with other like modern features like tap tempo on certain things or I don't know like like the Chase Bliss thing the um, digital control over analog circuitry like that's a really cool thing but sonically like the sounds where else is there to go well the thing the thing you have to think about is that there's there's like three types of reasons why someone will put out something that's been out there um one is based on somebody who's starting out who, you know, hey, I can get online, I can learn the circuit, I can put it together, I can get it out there. That's fine. Um, I, you know, I could tell that, so I'll say thank you. No. Then there are people like EQD where they're like, we, there's this demand for it. Um, you know, I'm sure Jamie's not going, God, I, I, damn, I need to make a tube screamer clone. I mean, I'm, I guarantee <laughs> you he did not sit there and have yeah. that meeting, but there were probably hundreds of people saying, we'd love to have your interpretation. So That's in that true. way, you have to say, yeah, I, I kind of have to do but what the public wants me I, to I will do. say like, people are only asking him that because of his history of doing other types of pedals. Right. He oh, got yeah. there first. Yeah. He established first with, yeah. with his own good ideas. And they think your take on a Tube Screamer clone because it's not going to be the same as somebody mm-hmm. else's. Well, and that's the third reason is that you can actually take a pedal like that and take it in a whole different kind of direction. I mean, I think a good example of that is uh, 1981, yeah. you know, with ARV. I mean, yeah, heart-wise, it, 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 there was a rat in there somewhere. Mm. But it's 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 <laughs> but it it's so much other stuff on it that really it's a it's a Franken rat, you know, it's not quite rat anymore. They they did something where they were like, Hey, we love this. Let's throw this and this in there and then let's tweak on it, and then they mm. came up with what they came up with. So the last two reasons I think are perfectly fine. 
The first reason, people think the market is saturated because they see a lot of that, but then they don't look too much. Just the from, pure copies, you mean? Yeah, they don't look too much from now and, and see whether that company is still around or not. Mm. And I'm they, not and, sure okay. if I think the market is too saturated. I just am curious about like... No, I know, think there is many, a lot of people. There yeah, a lot like of how many who, other like that's why we don't talk about tube screamers on here anymore. There's just like okay, you know, <laughs> who cares? There's another one, but like the, uh, that's the, when I put the show together every other week. It it is sometimes difficult because it's like, what is the, what's the exciting thing about this that I want to talk to Justin about and I want to tell our, our editorial our, nature? Yeah, like it. what is the what did they finally add to this sound that we've all been waiting for or. You know, like I feel like that gap is shrinking. Yeah, it, it is. And the thing is, is that people, this is also a customer-based thing where um, it's like telling people, I want this, I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and then they get it, and they're like either don't know how to use it <laughs> or scared by it, and then they go, well, I, I just won't get my TS back, you know? Yeah. There is that. <laughs> Because there's there's a lot of, I wouldn't even use the word underground. There's a lot of smaller builders that are doing what I would, I would say is industrial dirt is what they're doing. They're they're building these pedals that are extremely way off the beaten track of what you're going to hear. They are purposely really kind of rough and mechanical and glitchy and it, this is not everyone's cup of tea but these guys are kind of you know down the you know electrophosphorus uh you know mask audio mm-hmm. uh dirge i mean all, all these guys are they're doing really cool work that because it's way off the beaten track your guy who's got the pedal board who's got the Boss Blues Driver and the Electra Harmonix, and then they put that on their board. They kind of don't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. so it's really hard to kind of go that route. I mean, I I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, it's like the Cherry Box is definitely in that you know industrial nastiness thing. Mm-hmm. The Canalia, I made it way acceptable for people who just want certain tones, but it's the thing is, is people say, I don't want this. I don't want this. And then two months later, they, they, they buy it. They, people often ask me, are you bummed when you see your stuff on reverb? And I say, no, not really. Cause chances are five months from now, they'll buy another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the general <laughs> that plays mm-hmm. guitar. It's not that they don't even like it. I mean, there's definitely pedals that are like, no, get this crap out of here. But they're like looking for the new thing. They're like, I'd like this, but yeah, there's got to be the, something better. That's and the dovetail when, with our conversation from earlier is that, and we've said before, I think guitarists by nature are, or musicians by nature are often collectors also to a degree. Yeah. Um, so you want mm-hmm. that thing in your tool belt. Like I know people that turn over gear, it seems like every week. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I tried this thing out and I'm gonna, I didn't like it, I'm going to sell it. Like I, I can't commit to even that. That seems like... To, to float the money is a little risky, but it's, I, it, that's why I have so many guitars and so many pedals is because I like, uh, one, I like having them. I just enjoy looking at them. I enjoy playing all of them, but well, there's that like 
practical attitude of like, well, I need a Telecaster in my toolkit. Like, I need a Stratocaster because what if I need those <laughs> things? Which is not, it, my life is not going in that direction and I'm fine with that. But it's still like, I don't know, maybe it's fun to pretend. It's also just like, guitars are great. So like, why not have a few? And I can swing it right now. So like, fuck it. <laughs> but, oh, and that, that's the thing. There's, there's the two different types of, um, you know, groups is where guys who want something and they're like, I don't have 400 bucks, mm-hmm. but I do have these two pedals. So I'm going to sell them off to get that, you know, total yeah. recall, you know, um, mm-hmm. delay. That's, I, I, um, that's a lot of that comes from. I, there's, I, dude, there's, <laughs> I will talk to people and they will see the next day, I shouldn't have sold it. I should not have sold it. Why did I sell yeah. that? Everybody's yeah, got one that thing. got away, and that's hard. Yeah. But I, I think I was listening to Dipped in Tone today, uh, Rhett Scholl's podcast with um, Zach from Mythos Pedals. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's just, just starting up. It's awesome. It's so great. It's just every conversation I want to have with someone else, they're already having. It's awesome. So, <laughs> um, they they were pointing out that like all of this guitar gear and stuff, no matter what it is, if it's like this really expensive 54 Les Paul or if it's this you know, a reissue of like, and it's an Epiphone or a Squire thing. All of that is in service of like how much you want to make music and play guitar. If the thing makes you want to do more music stuff, then it's worth it, right? Mm -hmm. If it's inspiring for you to play, if you enjoy playing it, if you feel like you're a better musician because of the work you put in while playing that guitar or that pedal or that amp, whatever it was, then it's worth whatever the cost was. Um, They're kind of talking specifically about like, high prices for pedals and things, what makes something worth it or not. But I think well, it kind of, preaching, this rings true here too. Stuff. You know, I think I really get annoyed by people that do price shaming on stuff. It's like, Hey, if someone wants to go get a, you know, uh, uh, that, um, you know, uh, damn it. I just had a brain fart. Who are the guys? <laughs> that they want to get a Shryman timeline or something. Hey, let them do it. Let them do it. And I love it. Yeah, it's it's awesome that someone digs it. And if it makes you want to play, regardless if it makes you better, if it makes you want to play and you play more, to me, that's a plus. Yeah. And and I find that a lot of people will... Okay, if you're playing guitar, let's say you've been playing for 15, 20 years, sure, there's some people that say... That's the three guitars I want. These are the two amps I want. These are the five pedals I want. I'm not interested in looking anymore. Mm-hmm. Those are those people. And that's great. That's awesome. Then there are people like myself and a lot of other people are like, you know, I need to, uh, I need something, I need to fresh it up. I need something. I'm in a rut. So I'm going to go get a sub octave pedal. You know, yeah, I yeah, mean, to, yeah, our, I, I know what you're saying. Are, you know, that, that, oh man, that triple graph is a monster. Yeah. It's a, awesome yeah. Puddle. Um, and I think I look at Telecasters like all day, every day, you know, and I think that's a beautiful guitar. I love that combination of features or pickups or color or whatever it is. It's a thing that mm-hmm. I could say, like, I would love to have that in my collection. And like Eric said in the chat just now, I will never not want a Telecaster. I would say I will never not want another Telecaster. But like <laughs> the, the number of guitars you need is what the many as many as you have plus one, right? I think sure. um, and plus one. Yeah, I, I just think like right. Even Brian in the chat plays an eight string Telecaster. 
<laughs> but like, I, I don't. I certainly don't need another Telecaster. And if I think I was, if I was going to go look for a guitar to really refresh my lineup, right? Refresh my playing and how I approach. It would probably not even be a Fender style. It might be like a Jazzmaster or something. But I would lean in a very different direction than the solid body electric guitar, probably. You know, the two single coils or something like that. I would go in a in a wild direction to see what happens. You know, I think the I think there it's not even a question anymore about you know uh, do I want to get a Telecaster or do I want a Gibson or anything like that. I mean, we're and I've said this a hundred times. We're in the golden age of music instruments right now, mm-hmm. whether it's pedals, amplifiers, guitars. At no time in any time since the late forties have gear been as consistent better built and I, you people with your 56 strats can bite my ass <laughs> Mus- <laughs> nothing has been better built than it is today so now I think the thing is is I want a custom built guitar that to yeah. me is the new plateau of people who say I got my tell I got my strat I mean Brian Gower I mean mm-hmm. the guy. Yeah, he's a punk guy. He's like, I, I love my you know, my junior, blah blah blah. He got to a point where he said, "I want, I want to, I want to, you know, custom built guitar." And to me, that is like the and there's so many companies, and I shouldn't even say companies. I say simply builders mm. that are kind of doing yeah. that now, where they're like, people are saying, "This is what I'm saving my pennies for." So it's not anymore the people who want ten guitars. Uh, you know, obviously this is I'm not I'm not trying to generalize, but you know, it's the people who have three great guitars, and now they mm-hmm. want that custom built guitar. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I have yeah. I I say that I've built guitars, but I've ordered parts and put guitars together um, custom to my spec within a range, right? Like I've built a couple Telecasters and a Stratocaster. Yeah, I've seen and them. There's still there's still Tellys and there's still Strats, and like they are riffs on that that like thesis statement of guitar, mm-hmm. but it's like, and you can combine, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like you can combine features. Yep. Like my, my telly has two PAFs in it and yeah, not a yeah, thing that would have ever been made, but it's such a badass guitar, you know, it's a guitar that yeah. should have been made. And I, I made it for me. Um, but I like to, to make a guitar. It's a historical impossibility. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's the kind of shit I love, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, PFs. I, I mean, uh, I, I, whether you get like a humbucker, that that's another thing too. Is like um, the the trend used to be where these these guys were building custom guitars, and they would like um, you know put like a PAF in the neck and then like a Telecaster bridge pickup. You know, it's just like this is just crazy shit. You're just mm-hmm. like, but you know what? I think it's more along the lines of no one's done this, so I'm going to do it, yeah. and someone will like it, you know, or I just I won't make anymore. But people yeah, I mean, are like they want to get off the beaten track a little bit, and and hey, I'm sorry, the price for entering that house is a lot of money. But mm-hmm. bottom line is these people work really super equits. I I mean he's a one man show. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and this is his hands building this stuff. 
And damn it, he should get paid what he's worth. I heard um, on the Tone Jerks that it's Brian, right? Brian Equitz. Yeah. Uh, he will. Uh, he'll ask you what kind of music you like, and and make a you make him a Spotify playlist or something with like your yep. your favorite music and your favorite songs, and he mm-hmm. listens to it while he builds your guitar, and kind of figures That's out like funny. how to fine tune that thing so so it makes that kind of music. That's killer. That's worth the price of entry. <laughs> you know what that feels like to me? That feels like so much pressure. Like when I imagine that, like I'm imagining being that guy, like. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to pretend I'm this person who knows how to build a guitar like <laughs> really well, right? Yeah. So already like I'm I'm I'm, t- I'm making a leap. But then I give me your playlist. Kevin, right? Equitz, I'm going to listen to your playlist. Uh it's Kevin. Kevin, <laughs> in case, you're right. In case yeah, someone Kevin. who knows him is listening or he himself <laughs> is listening. Yes, I I, I, I get happen. like I the whole like cast of characters over at the Tone Jerks. I get them all confused. Right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like the pressure of like, how am I supposed to inter? Like that is that's a, a level of stuff that I I mean I I try to interpret people's taste when I am mixing their music, but I talk to them about mm-hmm. it. You know, I don't just like listen to their track. I'm like, give feed me your track. Okay, tell me about this. You well, know what I mean? No. Like, okay, Kevin does and, that and because they're okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah he does it. He kind of does the talking. And the going over the design and what you want, he uses the music as an inspirational type thing mm-hmm. to kind of make it that mm. extra thing that's yours. You it's know, more ethereal than what I was. Yeah, thinking yeah. About. And the funny part is, you know, he's like, I think he told Brian, he's like, yeah, can you please send me songs that don't have the f word in them? You know, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed my ass off when he said that. But to me, it's. Uh, you know what people appreciate is when you go that extra mile. Um, really, I mean, everyone oh, does sure. it now, but you know, it's like for for a long time, they, no one did it. But it's like when you opened up the back of your pedal, and there's some written crap in there. You know, it's like it took that person <laughs> two Sorry, minutes to do some it. written crap. <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm serious. You're like someone took the time to write this stuff, not just made by. I mean, uh, my bud, Steve Demidash. I mean, hmm. he he just finished this book. He pulled off a quote off of this book that literally had, I think, a thousand pages. <laughs> and each pedal he has built, he has pulled a quote off of each page of that book. And he just finished it, hmm. I think, in the last week. To me, it doesn't make the pedal sound better. Hell no. Does it make it worth money? Eh, probably not. But the fact that no one else in the world has that thing. It's that and sentimentality, like that that immediate sentimentality. Yeah. Two things people want to be. They want to be involved and they want to feel relatively special. And yeah. hey, if you want to be thought about. If if you're dropping bucks, you you should give that. You know, it's like it's everyone that says people by the story. I Dude, put a note inside my guitar when I built it. Yeah. And people buy <laughs> the story. Not just in music here. It says don't open until Halloween. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or you put the you put the note. Uh, this guitar actually cost me two hundred dollars to build and I charged you twelve hundred bucks. Sucker. So um 
I, I don't want to forget about this other thing we had on the show notes here because I think it is really interesting and sort of a little more focused on what we've been talking about. It's a bit pedal related. Yeah, um, so Kemper. Kemper has been around forever and Kemper has updated to OS 8, which brings overdrive pedals onto their platform. <laughs> Um, so the Kemper Profiler launched in 2011, mm-hmm. which like it's, it's kind of the oldest one of these things, these modelers that we still talk about that hasn't yeah. just like disappeared, you know? Right, that stuck around. It's kind yeah. of one of the the still very important modeler types. Um, they're adding a bunch of well-known overdrives with OS 8, including the Ibanez slash Maxon TS-808 and TS-9, the Klon, <laughs> hilariously, um, the Horizon Devices Precision Drive, which is a very cool pedal, uh, the Boss OD-1 and SD-1, Analog Man King of Tone, the Timmy, and the Marshall Blues Breaker Mark One. And the demo I saw <laughs> was, like, downright bad. I, I think it was just... I, I didn't care for it at all. I don't think it really demonstrated the drives in any positive light. But um, I'm curious about, like, I've always been interested, like, even in Helix, like, oh, we've added the Analog Man King of Tone. Like, how? <laughs> like, yeah. right? how'd, you, how'd you do that? Like, make it into software. But um, I'm just curious about that kind of thing. Like, Well, the, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Mike? No, the guy that does the really um, heavy uh, guitar amplifiers, um, and I'm going to forget his damn name. Anyway, uh, he worked with those guys, or maybe it was XFX or whatever, and he's got his amplifier models on their platform, Mm -hmm. and that's a deal that they worked out where they're like, hey, you know, and... So if you want to get that sound or whatever and don't want to, you know, buy the amp, I think, I really think this is probably going to be kind of the, I'm not going to say the next wave, but it's going to allow people who design another avenue to go. Um, but here's the thing. I mean, um, just this is just my opinion. I, I think the Kemper out of all of them to me is kind of the most interesting design because they're ba- they're basically taking real sound. Yeah, like it's doing a different thing than what Helix and Fractal are doing. Yeah, and I and I, I always pictured that it was sort of like what uh, uh, what Kemper does is probably where a lot of these things start. Um, I guess there might be two ways to approach it software-wise, right? Maybe you emulate the actual circuit path, or maybe you measure and kind of figure out what's happening and then try to. And that's what they do. That's what they try to do. I mean, they take a, you know, they go in a a studio, um, you know, low noise. They go through and they, you know, put an uh, analyzer on it and they go through and they check the peaks and stuff. But the thing is, is pedals, um, you know, obviously more consistent now than they were. But, I mean, it's a... It's a box full of 25 parts and, you know, people put a lot of shit in. And so, I mean, it's just the, there's a, there's a, a question mark factor involved with that. And another thing is that pedals, I mean, we just had this discussion. Um, somebody was, someone sold somebody, uh, I'm on this board forum and some guy got 
crap because he sold this guy um, um, a fuzz face type clone. And the guy basically just said he didn't like it. Now, anybody who really knows gear, who really knows effects, knows with a fuzz face, you kind of have to put it in a certain situation. Mm -hmm. You're not going to put a fuzz face in a Fender Twin with a Telecaster (laughs) because it's going to sound like holy hell. (laughs) You do a fuzz face, you're going to put it in amp that has some little bit of breakup Mm -hmm. um, with a guitar that has a little bit of power and you're (laughs) pushing the front end plus the fuzz also makes it go. So, uh, it's so when you're going to take in the that, freezer. Yeah. Well, that's, that's if it's, if it's one of those unobtainium ones. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, dude, I got a story real quick. I knew a guy who had uh, two fuzz face and they were late sixties and he loved them. And they were germanium. He would between sets, he would stick them in a cooler with dry ice. <laughs> so he could go through the next set and play. And usually you knew about the last two songs, if he was using it, it would just start farting out. And you're just like, <laughs> we're time to put it back in the cooler. Oh my God. The stuff cracks me up, man. That's funny. You need to work out some some cooling coils. Get some Freon on that. Got a liquid cool yeah, fuzz like, like computers. You put the wire around it and stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, I think, hey, if if they can do it, and you know, Kemper can make it work. To me, I think the whole thing about Kemper is it, they really should just focus on the amp. You know, do the amp thing that they're doing. Yeah. Let so, people. Uh, what, oh, I think they have to do this, though. That's the thing. I think they're going to get left in the dust. Right. So well, that was my will. question on the show notes was like, uh, it, Kemper's been around for the longest time, and I think in in the last year, I've heard some people talking about like, well, that's kind of old now. It's sort of this asterisk they put on conversation with about yeah. the Kemper. And everything's been advancing in the background. Yeah. And I don't know. Do you think that adding drives, adding effects like this that are beyond no. reverb no, I think and, I, and stuff, is that going to keep Kemper relevant? No, because really the thing about Kemper is you have to look at it as a different animal from, you know, the Axe effects and, and the other stuff that's out there because it does its thing differently. I mean, but, yeah. uh, but I think that's part of the issue, though. Like if if people have this thing, then they also have to go get like a Helix floorboard or something or they're or they're missing out on this thing. So so in order to not be perceived as like a as missing a, a bit of important functionality, you know, I look they at, have to. I think they have to put that in, or they're going to have people selling the Kempers. Well, you know what I mean? You know what I think of the Kemper is is somebody's got like I have the sixty three Deluxe. I yeah. have these amplifiers that I play on the road that I don't want to take them on the road. Yeah, and yeah. I can. Yeah, for the the actual cloning <laughs> amp aspect, in like, I've heard for. Oh, the longest time, but Kemper's only as good as the the clones the amp you make. Yeah. yeah, and um, I think people are using the Kempers for that aspect, and then they have their flyboard, or if they're playing in the states, they have you know their pedal board, and they're using the Kemper as a quote unquote real guitar amp. And I think yeah. if Kemper keeps 
Now, I'm, I'm not saying they don't need to grow and update and make that technology better and keep going, but there's no way in the world, no way, are they going to catch up to what the other guys are doing right now. I mean, they're, I mean, come on. I mean, the stop alone yeah, yeah. would heat that amp up. I mean, just because of this, this piece of small little box that literally has a, a music store's worth of stuff in it that all sounds right, right. to okay, um, you're not going to compete with that. With the camp, the camp needs to make itself like we are the clone. We clone everything mm-hmm. to the T. If your amp takes a shit, we clone that. You know, it's like if you have a sag, our amp, our thing clones that. And if yeah. they can kind of keep yeah. that, but the thing is, here to go. And you were just saying about this, Justin. They're going to lose market share. But sometimes longevity is more important than market share. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't have either of these things um, that I use personally. But like, I, I, I just see this future where it's, it is, it is really good at that thing. But that is a small bit of what's going on now like oh, modeling yeah. is humongous mm-hmm. and profiling is not humongous i'm curious and, though like if and can't you like how long is it going to be before somebody figures out how to how to like install kemper profiles as yeah so like Helix does presets? Um, uh, brian in the chat said kemper needs to sell out to helix or xfx and i'm wondering like that technology, that profiling technology, is still really incredible stuff. Like it's so it interesting is. that and and like if you are in a real nice studio environment with like you can capture the sound of those amps how they should be captured, your your profiles are going to be amazing. But then to turn yeah. it around and put that in something like HX Stomp, that's going to be the end. Well, and the thing <laughs> is, is I just think it's there. It's there. It's going to happen any. Day. Yeah, I you know I, I maybe and well I'm not even say maybe it will when eh, mm. you know we don't know yeah. but the thing is is hey it always comes down to this processing and processing speed so you can only stick so much in a box and run so many things at the same time when you're doing digital before. Mm you have issues. Yeah. I mean, um, well, sharks are dual core. Yeah. So like we should talk about the neural DSP stuff soon. Um, their actual floor model, because it is like the highest power guitar processor on the market. Um, super long waiting list from what I hear, but in the case of something like HX stomp, when helix three comes out, they're adding two more blocks. Like they're going to add two blocks to my. That's still not out yet. But like, how insane is that? It's been like, like seven episodes now. <laughs> they're going to give me two blocks. <laughs> I have no plans gonna, for those blocks either. It's going to be great. Two blocks. Well, well, and, and dude, I mean, you know, uh, right now, you ask any, unless they're like a Roots Rock or something like that, they're all using modeling. They're all mm-hmm. using. I mean, you can grab a head and just tell the venue, I I'll need this for my back and you put your little tiny head on top of their back line. You, you, and the things you can do is that you can revamp it. You can run it to the board. It just, it's, it's, 
you cannot, you can almost not, you can't do that. I mean, you got to do that in this day and age. I'll tell you, I'm not, I have, um, going, it's like, I love this hunter, but I'm not going to bring yeah. <laughs> the half stack with, them. I'm not, you know. I have all my guitar gear at home right now because not a lot of band practice and stuff, but I have my AC30 here and my FRFR set up. And I was when I got the um, the Mjolnir, the Mythos Mjolnir, and I plugged it into the AC30 first. And it, mm-hmm. I was, one, reminded of what a distinct sound that amp has that I had just forgotten about, I guess, or was so used to playing it for so long. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had lost that, like, ear acclimation to it. Um, but there's, like, the amp needs a little bit of work, you know? Like, there's stuff rattling. There's, like, it's just kind of fizzly in a few weird places. The reverb tank is disconnected. Like, it's... It needs some attention, and uh, well, like screw, screw that. It's not even that. It's like my nut can't take one more three floors of dragging this AC thirty. <laughs> yeah, so there's, like, there's a mix of like of hauling this shit around combined with tube amps are fucking fragile, you know? Like they are, they are. <laughs> emotionally and physically. If you yell uh, at a tube amp, it knows. <laughs> I do. But like I was playing the AC30 I'm like, well, it sounds good, but like it clearly needs some service, you know, and I can just plug in the the HX with the FRFR and like it it does not need some service, you know. It never will. Which mm. <laughs> is such a weird well, feeling. In this day and age where people are playing, I mean, even before COVID, uh, obviously, but in this day and age where live venues are a dying breed and you're you're not getting paid as much as you were you need to figure out ways that you can load in, load out, and you can make your money and move on to the next venue. Don't break your back. Not break I, your back. I have really actually hurt myself quite a bit loading that guitar yeah. amp. So a lot of yeah. people are just like, hey. And, and then there's people that are like, ah, screw that. You know, bass players. Ah, just in-house. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even need, you know, I'll get a wedge. Just that, be used to it being different. Yeah. Yeah. It just like in this day and age, that's the way. Unless there comes to a point where people are like, I'm willing to spend thousands of dollars on watching bands and stuff. They ever just like a manufacturing center. If you need to make more money, you have two choices: you raise your prices or you cut costs. And in this day and age, people just don't have the time, people money, cutting cost. Mm-hmm. You got to cut costs. And sometimes time yeah. is money. It's not even the you know. It's not. It's like we need to get to this place by eight o'clock tomorrow night, and it's eight hundred miles away. I want to load in in a half an hour and load out in 15. I mean, that's where we are. And that stuff doesn't sound bad. No, it doesn't. And right, like that's the other side of this whole coin is like, oh, at this shitty bar downtown, is anyone going to tell that my Klon is a replica? (laughs) Dude, dude, I, I, I laugh. Man, these are people, I've seen bar gigs where people would have vintage pedals, because it's a bar that wasn't made for a band and acoustics are absolutely crap. Yeah. I'll see these pedals and I'm like, dude, you're just ball walking. That is yeah. all you're doing because no one cares. No one can hear. And I am laughing at you because I know that vintage fuzz, it just sounds like a 
freaking blanket of mud. It's like a freaking turd in here. Yeah, and yeah, like, it's like that's what I'm saying, right? That's the kind of shit that only other guitarists care about. <laughs> Full circle. Boom, baby. Well, well, I think people are like, oh, that sounds muddy, but yeah, I got right, this hot yeah, girl, yeah. I'm going to go dance, you know? And so, yeah, it oh, is a bit good. It's just, it's, uh, so this is the kind of thing, like we said in the description of the podcast, it's sometimes a side-eyed look at the guitar world. That's this. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Yet, we still exactly. do it. This, <laughs> oh, this, <all> day. <laughs> this conversation has been completely out of control, and I think it was great. And here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. We got to circle back. Um, Sean, we got to get you to talk about your company at least a little bit sure. in, in like a real way and not this little like little throwaway way we were sort of doing before, you know, I, I you know, the wood. Oh. The pedals are made of wood. That that detail is fine. <laughs> what are the pedals, man? What what where do we find them? What are they good for <laughs> besides running over with your car? <laughs> Um, uh, the Canalia is our unique, and, and the reason that we don't put out pedals all the time is because I honestly, uh, I work on the circuits. There, there's originals you're going to kind of get. And believe me, when you were just saying, where can you go with pedals? You can go a lot of places. Um, just yeah. sometimes it's easier to copy. I mean, it's like for, I mean, we got a release coming up someday Ooh. and, uh, you know, it's taken me a year and a half. Because I wanted to do something that I didn't want to, hey, I'll just stick this other dude's thing in there. Mm -hmm. But we <laughs> is an OD and it's discreet. Um, right now, none of our pedals have op amps. They're all discreet. And the reason for that was that we want to have our stuff used by people who have really great amplifiers and they just want extra. They don't want and not that I have a problem mm -hmm. with like uh, TSs or Klons or whatever. It, there's a lot of that. No one, you know, I don't need to make another one. The Canalia, it takes your, well, a good example, you get a Deluxe Reverb, Blackface, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, late 60s. It has one kind of, you know, gain depending on whether you max it out or not. Mm -hmm. The Canalia like that would allow you to turn it on and now you have a second channel if you turn on the yeah. uh bypass with the gain now you have a third channel so the canalia basically is the the thing that you can use with your one channel amp that gives it more flexibility so that's why it doesn't have a tone stack it's it's designed it's okay you can say tone control <laughs> yeah it doesn't have a tone control um, it's, 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 it's meant to be as neutral as possible okay. so that, uh, when you play it into your amp, it doesn't change that much. Um, and so that's what the Canali is for. And then the cherry box, uh, the culmination of about eight months of me drinking whiskey <laughs> over a breadboard, making poor choices and deciding that I need to stop this sooner than later and do something with it. Um, it's, it's, it's everything I wanted in the fuzz. And here's another thing real quick, uh, pedal builders, the, the good ones, they build stuff they like. Mm. If you like it, that's awesome. They're happy. If you don't like it, well, they'll probably not, they'll probably take it and junk it, but they're going to still play it. 
So designers <laughs> get a lot of, you know, they, they build stuff that they want, what they want to hear because it's not out there. But, you know, cherry boxes the fuzz with the ability to do soundscaping with oscillation and tone and the ability to do phasing and all kinds of weird shit. Um, and that's what those two pillows are. And then our next release, which will be the Little David, is probably our more normal fuzz. It's a combination OD and fuzz in one pedal with, with one circuit, not two circuits. Oh. So depending on how you uh, manipulate the one circuit, and it's switchable. So I can have an OD sound that I really dig, and you either got that really heavy part or you want to do that really liquid mm-hmm. fuzz thing, you click it on, you do your thing, click it off, go back to rhythm and doing what you were doing before. The thing about, So it's sort of a two-channel in one circuit? Yeah, yeah. And the thing about doing yeah. that is sometimes the fuzz will get lost because I'm, I'm doing like a voltage control type thing. So ours is different as in we have a boost circuit that's specifically set in when you do the sag for the fuzz. And it's controllable. So I could do Unity game. Okay. So when I switch them off, there's not a much of a volume drop. Or I can max it out and it blows the doors off if you just <laughs> want to do fuzz all day long. But that's mm-hmm. what we do. We want to do uh, you know, relatively simple circuits a uh, really cool vibe. Uh, it's just me and Colette. It does all the flavors. She does the colors. She does the design work of the enclosures. Uh, the only thing I do on that part is I do the lacquer because it's nasty. And, you know, I love it. <laughs> I don't want her doing it. But she does all the coloring, all the sanding, all the design. She did the cherry box which looks way better than the crappy uh, Windows <laughs> Word <laughs> stuff that I do with MS Paint. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I did the lettering. I took it off of MS. I'm like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Um, but, uh, and she still bites my ass for that. She's like, you know, it just looks shitty. And I was like, yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't know. Now I know. <laughs> That's great, but, but the uh, the little David will be uh, it will be our first pedal in the metal enclosure. Okay, um, nice. And when does that come the, out? Uh, you know, I think I said eight months ago. Eight months. <laughs> okay, it's today. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise. <laughs> it's hope it's you're ready done. to show your pedals out. Hope you didn't. <laughs> hope you hope you uh, well, do that. <laughs> <laughs> It's done. I just, we just need to, we need to, you know, because now we're going to go into metal. Mm-hmm. Um, we want it to look different. So, so there's been some, some tooling. Hey, when you have a wife that runs a metal fab shop, you can kind of <laughs> do really cool shit. Hey. So. so she's probably been insulted this whole time you've been working with wood. She was like, what the fuck? Wood's fine, no, I guess. No, it's actually, <laughs> she, well, here's the thing. Someday down the road, it's going to happen, has to happen. Um, the canalia and the cherry box will go to metal enclosures. Oh, okay. So then but, is this going to be a... When, when the earth but, runs out of trees. But, <laughs> but we will still do the wood, but it will be an upcharge. You yeah, know, it's okay. like... Okay, yeah, yeah, we, I get you. People want to play the stuff. And hey, there is a, there's a, you know, a, a line there. And a lot of people 
whether it's price or whether it's because, hey, I, I don't know about wood. It, it's just a reality that we're going to have to come to. But we're not going to ever get rid of those two being in wood. After that, yeah, everything is going to be metal. And we're going to be known for what we do, which is coming up with really unique uh, designs that people can use and, you know, just be different. Different mm-hmm. isn't always better. But you know what? I'd rather... But it's always different. I'd rather go out on my own thing than make it on somebody else's. That's just my my way of looking at things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say something and I forgot. Oh, um, nope, it's gone. Trying to try to tease it out. <laughs> F- find him at lollygagrafx.com. L-O-L-L-Y-G-A-G-G-E-R-F-X. Yes. Dot C-O-M. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we're on IG. Uh, we get, all the pretty pictures are ING. Uh, we got a Facebook that has a lot of people that no one talks to us on. Uh, <laughs> Twitter. Same. I gave up on Twitter eight years ago. So yeah, I'm not yeah, on that. As you should have. Good choice. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well done, sir. Yeah. But yeah, so, we're um, around. And always get a hold of us. Right on, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really glad we were able to finally uh, get this worked out with you. Um, it was great having you. No, I, I thank you guys uh, for one, uh, doing a really good show. Um, Thanks. I watch, I, I listen to it every day or every time you're on, every week. Um, every day. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes every day if I have to listen to it upon a month. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I gotta I, unplug my mic more. I, I love the show. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, there's that episode where you like were shitting for 20 minutes and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of bypassed that one. No, I really, I love the show. Uh, I, I, I am a, uh, I am a Patreon because I believe in it. Um, just for the same reason, Thank you. Patreon with uh, you know Tone Jerks. You two yeah. guys yeah. now are doing what I think is closest to what real people are wanting to hear on uh, GearCast. You know, it's like it, Thanks, there's man. no there's no hoity-toity. <laughs> you're, you're just you're putting the no, news out there, or you're putting the opinions out there. You're being respectful. Um, and well, unless you're doing Justin's uh, Pelagini reviews, which I love, <laughs> because I think <laughs> actually like, and I laugh every time you go. Well, yeah, it's a pedal. <laughs> <laughs> so but no, I love it. Well, think, most yeah, of them are. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually yeah. Speaking of pedal genie, I I. Was not expecting a pedal until tomorrow, unfortunately, because of the holiday. But then it came in the mail literally right before I came up here to record. Our mail uh-huh. came late and it was oh, in the mail. Oh, so you can't tell people what it is, though. I already posted it in the chat, but I won't tell people oh. on the podcast. We'll do it next time. Um, but yeah, yeah, so we don't have the Pedal Genie break today. But what I want to do instead is um, I think we should have the chat post the butts during the Patreon read. What do you think? Okay, that- yes. I was actually going to suggest literally the okay, same great. thing. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's time. Gen- ladies and gentlemen, uh, let the butts flow. And I'm going to tell the audience all about uh, Discord and Patreon. <laughs> I want you to come down to Discord right now. <laughs> <laughs> Already losing it. Discord is amazing. You can chat with us. We're recording in Discord right now. Uh, things are going on all the time in between episodes. The Find the link in the show notes. 
<laughs> and uh, if if um, if you really love the show and you want to help support like so many people, ev- like everyone who's listening to the show right now, God damn, it's um, like a six shooter, our- man! Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> You can go to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash thetonecontrol, all one word, and uh, become a supporter. Uh, pick any amount you like. For just $1, we will shout your name out on the show and give you a thanks every single time we record. Uh, if you want to double that up to $2 a month, then you are a supporter plus, and you get into a special section of the Discord channel that uh, you can get to listen to the shows live while we record it. Post- <laughs> And post butt gifts at us and uh, distract me while I'm doing the read. So tonight, uh, the supporters, we're going to start right off with with Sean Wright from Lollygagger Effects. Thanks, Sean. Awesome chat. Uh, Andrew Walsh, Jamie Evans, Jeffrey Wright, Doug King, Doug Gann, Righteous Ryan Johnson, Steve Huffman, Jonas Sabatini, Eric Garibaldi, OG friend of the show, Brian Rizzi. Wait. We figured out we were pronouncing Doug's name wrong. No, it was right? Eric's, Eric Giribaldi. <laughs> Girib- oh my God. I, see, I was going to stop at the one and correct myself, no. and I rolled right past no. Eric Giribaldi. <laughs> Eric Giribaldi. I mean, David Squid. <laughs> Davis. Davis. You Squid. guys, Davis Squid. Jeez. You guys have got to get in and Discord and find out what's going on in here. Um, where was I? OG friend of the show, Brian Rizzi, Doug Christ of 37 Effects, Sean Wright again for some reason of Lollygagger Effects, and Brian Cower and Tile. And Tile. Tile. <laughs> I can't see past the gifts. <laughs> Brian Gower and Kyle McIntyre from the Tone Jerks podcast. Thank you all Love so, you guys. so much. All of them. Every single one of them. Oh, my Lord. Good job, fellas. All right. Yeah, well, let's get the hell out of here. This show's over. <laughs> this show's done. It's been good. It's been real. It's been something. It's been something.